Hey, my name's Ruben, the lead pastor here at Crossroads Church. Welcome to our podcast, where you can catch up on all the messages that you might have missed, or you might want to hear again. We hope you enjoy this message. We hope it challenges you. We hope it encourages you. And we hope ultimately that it would draw you closer to Jesus. Enjoy. So for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of the glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with the Lord's holy people. To grasp how wide, long, high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to Him. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And all God's people say, Amen. 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 Go ahead and grab a seat. Thank you, team, for leading us in worship this morning. It's it's wonderful to be together and to continue in our series for this reason. And today we're looking at, uh, we pray for spiritual growth. Wasn't Scotty's testimony incredible? It is amazing the work that God can do in people's lives. And to see transformation like that, we just give God all the glory, honor, and praise that he deserves. Amen? Amen. You know, I loved, I loved the part that he talked about. Not only has Jesus impacted and changed his life um, incredibly, but also the impact that has had on the people around him and his home and in his family. And um, we can't underestimate the power of our, our God when he works in our lives and the transformation that happens in that. And we're just so thankful um, for Scotty and Basha and the kids and being part of our community. So praise God that his spirit changes us and that it's not based on our own strength but on his. We worship a great God. We worship a wonderful God. And it's, as we continue in this series, for this reason, we're looking at we pray for spiritual growth. And if you remember last week um, when Pastor Isaac was speaking, he started chapter 3. And if you have your Bibles, um, I encourage you to open them up because we're going to refer back to a fair bit in the, in the passage today. So Ephesians chapter 3. And that's where we read from today, verses 14 to 21. Um, but if you remember last week when Isaac started, he said that uh, as he was reading the passage, he said, Paul says in chapter 3 at the very start, he says, for this reason, and then he totally gets sidetracked and goes on to something else completely different. Um, he starts to talk about something, then he moves in this beautiful detour to talk about the mystery of Christ. And then he comes back to where he started. It's almost as if like, Paul has regathered his thoughts and goes, oh, yeah, I need to finish that point that I made at the start. Uh, and this is where we picked up today. Um, so if you've missed that, that sermon last week, um, as I said, Pastor Isaac spoke on it. He did a wonderful job. You can check that out on our podcast. But if you look at Ephesians 3, verse 1, which we covered last week, it says, for this reason. And then he, and then he shoots off and says something, something different. Now look at verse 14, um, which is what we're covering this week. And he says, for this reason. And that's the same reason that he started off thinking about before he changed his thoughts. Paul's now back on track, and his intention is to share with the Ephesian church a prayer that he prays over them. And it's a wonderful, wonderful piece of scripture. 
And then finally, at the very end of the, the passage, it concludes with what I believe is one of the most beautiful doxologies in the Bible. And as we look at Paul's prayer, we see three simple steps that he takes uh, and encourages the church to think about when it comes to knowing God and seeking spiritual growth. And that's what we're going to look at today. So for this reason, we pray for spiritual growth. Firstly, it's if you look at, at verse 14 and 15, we have um, this idea of coming humbly before God. So to be humble before God. Be humble before God. In Ephesians, Paul has spoken about, and we've covered these in the passages previously, um, in, the, in the previous weeks. He talks about God's sovereign choice of people to salvation. He, he, he's spoken about God's adoption of us as his children. He's spoken about tearing down the wall of hostility between the Jews and the Gentiles. He's spoken about the mystery of Christ. And he's spoken about the fact that he was a prisoner in Christ. And after speaking about all that, Paul then comes to this point where he, he talks about a, a posture that he takes when he comes to God, and it's that of humility, about being humble before God when we come to Him. So let's look at this together, verse 14 and 15. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. When we think about prayer, um, most of us might know that there's several different stances or, or postures that we take when we come to prayer. Um, just like this, we, we, we pray from the front and we'll all simply close our eyes and, and start thinking about the things that are being spoken about as we pray and talk to God. Uh, and that's one way that we can think about it. But as I was preparing for this, 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 passage, or this message today, I, I've been challenged on thinking about our posture when it comes to prayer and how we approach prayer. You know, we can, we can stand with our hands lifted up as, a, as an act of, 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 of sacrifice, being in a position of, of, of sacrifice as we posture our hearts and our hands toward heaven. You know, we can, we can simply just bow our heads and, and close our eyes so that we can be uh, in a place where we're not distracted and we can focus on our, our time, time with God. There's all, these are references right throughout Scripture about how um, often there would be people who would lie flat face down on the ground um, to spend time focusing in and praying to God so that there would be no distraction going on whatsoever. Or we can kneel before God, get on our knees and, and come, come before God. Or we can pray with our eyes wide open. And that's, um, that's one that's not as common. But I, I personally have been really challenged in the recent years about how I pray. And, and one of the things that I heard one time at, at, a, at a, a seminar I was at, and the, the guy was speaking and he said, you know, it's important sometimes to pray with your eyes wide open. And I was like, oh, that's not what I grew up. That wrecks my sort of understanding of praying. What are you talking about? And, and for him, it was about this idea that there's often this opportunity for us to pray with our eyes wide open because then we get to really pray specifically for people. And it really challenged me to think about how I do that. And often when I'm praying over us as a congregation, I'll, I'll stand up here with my eyes open. But if you had your eyes open, you'd probably know that by now. And, um, but actually, the Bible never talks anywhere about closing your eyes. Crazy. It actually never says anywhere in the scripture that you need to close your eyes. It actually talks more about opening your eyes and looking towards heaven when you pray than anything else. But I think it's good for us because often we get distracted, right? <laughs> we do. But today's passage talks about this posture of kneeling before God. Kneeling before God. And I know I've spoken about this before, but I think it's really important. To kneel before our God in prayer communicates this idea that we are humbly coming before him. And he deserves that from us, right? To humbly approach him in our prayers. 
You know, we've seen in the recent coronation of King Charles that people bowed to him and, and, and took time to be respectful. You see, in our passage today, we're talking about kneeling before someone much greater than King Charles. We're talking about someone, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He deserves so much more. Amen? Of course, we're free to take any stance. I'm not trying to say that this is what you need to do. But I think we should do so whatever way we take our stance in prayer. Before we come to God, it's about humbly just pausing and thinking about it before we just rush into it. And I think this is what Paul's teaching us here. Understanding who God is and, and who we are in his relationships, it gives us this, uh, this idea that we need to come humbly, giving reverence to the King of Kings. We're entering into a space where we're, 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 we're being with God and we're communicating with God. And it's important that we do it humbly. Don't forget that we are, in fact, saved by grace, not of ourselves. We're saved by grace. We didn't earn our relationship with God. We are in Christ before God, and we have come to God only because of his magnificent love and grace toward us. So we should be humble before God. And I believe as part of our spiritual growth is to know God's authority and to fear God in a way that would allow us to humbly come before him, the sovereign king, humbly come before our God. So Paul says at the start of verse 14, for this reason, and there's many reasons in Ephesians, and we've covered a lot of them already, Ephesians 1 right through to Ephesians 3, 13. And for all the reason that Paul has already spoken about the work of God and, and how we should come to God, he's talking to us here simply just to kneel before the king, to come with a humble posture as we approach him. It's beautiful, right, isn't it? So not only should we come, uh, humbly come before him as king, but also to recognize that he is the giver of life to all. Look at the passage with me in verse 15. From whom every family in heaven on earth is named. You know, last week Isaac was talking about um, how Paul told us that there, there's this mystery of Christ and that salvation and uh, becoming a Christian is available to anyone and all who come to Christ. And through the work of Jesus, through the work of the power of his Holy Spirit, last Sunday night we had a young teenage girl give her life to Jesus for the very first time. Come on, let's celebrate that. That's so good. The mystery of Christ and the salvation is available to everyone. Praise God. God's spirit is moving in this place and we want to celebrate exactly what he's doing. So not only do we come humbly before him, Paul points out that all people on earth, all people on earth owe their existence to God. Everything that has breath and life in heaven and earth owes its very heartbeat to God, who is the Father of all things. Not only is our salvation found only in Christ, but from God, but also our ability to exist is owed to God, the Creator, the one from whom every family on earth is named. Every family, every people, every nation owe their existence to God. Church, do you see how big our God is? And it humbles us that, that we think about the, the, the bigness of our God and how that he loves us. It's incredible. So we humbly come before God. That's the first thing that we can know. Secondly is to be filled with God. Be filled with God. There is nothing better than being in the presence of God. I truly mean that. There is nothing better than being in the presence of God. At our last uh, kingdom night, we, um, which we, we have here at church, is an opportunity for us to get together on once a month on a Tuesday night. And we had this incredible time where we're praying and we're worshiping and we're spending time with God. And we had this really special moment um, 
at the, at the end where we could really sense God's presence in a real way and his spirit was moving. We had, we had this moment where people began to sing out uh, praise to God as they felt led. People were praying and we had, we had this time where we were able to come and share what, if God was putting something in our hearts. And we had someone come forward to say that they want to pray for someone. And we had this beautiful moment where it was like the, the person who came forward to pray for someone did not realize how much that person needed to pray at that moment. And it was just one of those wonderful moments where we see God moving in such a miraculous way and we just look back and go, wow, God is just like knitting this all together and it's just nothing better than being in his presence. You see, our heart is to be more like God and be in his presence in each and every day. And, uh, and when God's presence comes, something really shifts. So I want to invite you. I want to invite you to our next kingdom night. Um, you really don't want to miss this. Tuesday the 4th of July at 7.30 p.m. Come and join us. We'd love to see you there. We want everyone to come along to be in the presence of God and to spend time to specifically pray. And it's, it's just a wonderful time together. So come and put it in your calendars and join us on um, Tuesday the 4th of July. So, so in these verses, Paul speaks of strengthening ourselves, spiritually growing ourselves through God's Spirit, having Christ dwell in our hearts, being rooted in love, comprehending the love of God, knowing Christ's love, and being filled with the fullness of God. Look at verses 16 to 19. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy uh, people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You see, Paul is still voicing his prayer request for the Ephesian church, the followers of Jesus. And he asks for these certain requests to be given to them. And as he does, he appeals to the riches of God's glory. And again, we see the blessings of God spoken about as, as, as riches. The riches of, of his glory. And there, these individual blessings that come from God that are in Christ. So not only is he given us a way back to the Father to be reunited with Him, but He also gives us blessings along the way. Our God is incredibly generous. These are requests for the Ephesians church. This was the, the request that Paul brought to them, but I believe that these requests can be brought for exactly our church in this moment. And here's a few of them. First, we see the strength of our inner being that is given by God's Spirit in verse 16. Paul's already spoken in chapter 1, verse 18, about our eyes and our hearts being in mind. That now he prays that God's Spirit will give us strength for our inner being. Sometimes we feel like uh, we just can't go on by ourselves. And Scotty referred that in his testimony today. We need God in our inner being. What a beautiful prayer request that we want more of God in our lives. We pray and we, that we need God's Spirit to strengthen us daily and hourly and every minute of our existence. That's the first request. Second, we see this, this dwelling of Christ in our hearts. Though we are in Christ, Paul also prays that Christ would dwell in us through His Spirit. That His presence will, will be with us and, and live within our inmost being. To understand that, that we need God's Spirit right within us. Third, we see that, that, that we are firmly rooted in love. Wow. Jesus Himself spoke 
elsewhere of the necessity of love, and, we, and we, we talked about it a bit last week, but Matthew 22, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Church, may we be rooted in love. And love for one another. Fourthly, may we comprehend the greatness of God's love. The greatness of God's love. Paul uses this language that um, it's not perfectly described in Greek in terms of what type of the measurement is. um, But he uses this language and he speaks of the length, the width, and the height, and the depth. It's sort of like when your child says to you that I love you a zillion gallons. You don't actually know how much that is, but you know it's a lot. See, Paul is praying that the Ephesians church, the Ephesian church will know how greatly God loves them. And they will know the transforming power of God's love. Do you know this morning that God loves you so much? Do you know that? Fifthly, that we may know Christ's love. Paul prays that the Ephesians will know something beyond knowing. Christ's love. He says that the love of Jesus surpasses knowledge. We can't even grasp it. The love of Jesus is so great that we could never fully understand it. And Paul's prayer is that, and this should be ours as well, is that followers of Jesus, we would, love, uh, we would know the love of Jesus more and more in our lives. Hope you understand how much you're loved. And then finally, he says this, he says that we may be filled with the fullness. Filled with the fullness. All of these blessings result in us being filled with the fullness of God. Overflowing with the fullness of God. Not in the sense that we have everything that God has. Uh, No, not, Paul is saying that rather God has so much to give. He is so full. He is so incredible that he can fill us up in a way that we need. Wow, God is so generous. He's so generous to us. Church, let's be filled with the fullness of God. You see, Paul has this desire to see the Ephesian believers blessed and changed by the the generous grace of God. It's exactly my prayer for us as a church community. To be changed, to be blessed by the generous grace of God. And this morning we heard a story and a testimony of how someone was completely changed by the grace of God. We serve a faithful, faithful God and we are... Uh, longing to be filled with a supernatural spiritual blessing that is secured only in Jesus. Only in Jesus. So let us be filled. So we're going to come humbly before God as we spiritually grow. We're going to be filled with God as we spiritually grow. And thirdly, we're going to be mesmerized by God. I love this so much. See, Paul wraps up with this beautiful doxology at the end of the passage. And if you're not, under, you're not sure what the word doxology means, it, it simply is an expression of praise to God. An expression of praise to God. And usually use it in a worshipful way or, or often doxologies are used um, at the end to conclude our time together or, or a thought that comes to an end. But Paul is offering this doxology as he brings his train of thought to a conclusion. And this is what he says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. What a way to conclude the time of prayer. These two verses beautifully point the Ephesians back to the greatness and the glory of God. Paul has given his readers and us reasons to be mesmerized by God. 
You see, to be mesmerized means to focus your attention on something so much, so much so that you lose focus on anything else. Now, I've got two beautiful daughters, and often Maya is mesmerized by dollies. Just loves them. Just loves them. My other daughter, Penelope, she is mesmerized by storytelling and dressing up and make-believe. Man, she loves it. Trying to get her attention when she's in her moment, I often lose. They're also very mesmerized by their mother. And their mother is mesmerized when she looks into my eyes. Wow. You get the point, don't you? Nothing else could happen that day, and Sarah wouldn't know when she's looking at my eyes. You see, church, we should be mesmerized by God when we're coming to Him. There's so much that distracts us and takes us away from God, isn't there? We should be mesmerized at the point where we're seeking God and looking into God, and there's nothing can take our focus off Him. You see, Paul is pointing to the greatness of who God is. He's making it very clear. Everything else is less important right now. Let's focus on the greatness of God. Paul says God is able to do above and beyond anything that we ask. Are you with me? Perhaps you think that God can't really accomplish that prayer request that you've been having for a while. He can. Perhaps you think that God can't really forgive you because you've got some really dark sins in your life. God can. Perhaps you think that God can't use you to take the gospel across the street or across the world. God can. Paul says not only can God do above and beyond all that we ask, but God can do above and beyond all that we think. You can't even think of something that is beyond the greatness of God. There's no way for any of us to comprehend that. I hope you're capturing the greatness of our God here. Paul says that that is who God is, and we must reflect on His greatness. You see, after understanding who He is, we must realize that there's glory due to, give, there's glory due to Him. There's glory due to Him. I've said this often. When we grasp the greatness of God, what does it do? It causes us to worship. When we truly grasp the greatness of our God, it causes us to worship. Paul says in verse 21, To Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. God deserves all the glory. He deserves all the glory. The glory of God is manifested in Jesus Christ, seen in His obedience, His faithfulness, His suffering, His death, His resurrection, His ascension, and His work of salvation through His Spirit that's continuing to happen right now. We also see the glory of God manifested in the church, which is the body of Christ. The vehicle through which God blesses the world is our role. We're ambassadors for Christ as we join in the journey of sharing the good news of Jesus. It's also that dwelling place for God's presence as we gather just like this. God is with us right now through His Spirit. To Him be all the glory, honor and praise. And I'm sure you've heard me say that a few times. And guess what? I'm not going to stop saying it either because he is worthy of our praise and he deserves all the glory, honor, and praise. Let's say that together. He is worthy of our praise and he deserves all the glory, honor, and praise again. He is worthy of our praise and he deserves all the glory, honor, and praise. You see, once we understand all that God has done for us, 
the only appropriate response is to praise and glorify Him. Church, may we be mesmerized, mesmerized in such a way by the work of God, the love of God, the grace of God, the incalculable riches of God, the inheritance of God, God's election of us, His adoption of us, God's redemption of us, God equipping all of us for good works, God dwelling within us, and so much more, to Him be the glory. What a wonderful goal for us to pray towards and strive toward as we seek that spiritual growth to come humbly before Him, to be filled with Him, and to be mesmerized by Him. Church, if we do that, I promise, I, I, I know there'll be change. I'm telling you. We'll see a growth. We'll see a change. We'll see a shift of who we are in Christ. This is what Paul has been teaching us. You see, when Scotty realized his need for Jesus, he committed his life to change. And what happened? There was a change. There was a shift. Something moved. And he became a, a, a vessel, a dwelling place for his spirit. And lives are transformed. Praise God. You see, God can do so much more in and through us than we can ever imagine. And I, I, you maybe have that doubt in your head where you think, oh, God can't use me. He can. Like, he didn't, he didn't choose the flashiest people in the world to take his church on, did he? But look what happened. Because God can do much more than we ever think or imagine. But it requires us to press into him. Press into him more and more so that he can glorify himself through us. And I have a challenge for us this week. I've got a challenge for us this week. Firstly, I would like us to kneel. I'd like us to kneel. As, as Paul took on this posture of humility, let me encourage you to challenge yourself this week to practice taking a posture of humility when you come to God. Now, I know we all live busy lives, but there's definitely time in our week that we can carve out for God. And if we've got an issue with that, we should um, have a chat after the service. We need to find more time for God in our lives. There's a lot of things going on. I appreciate that. But we need to find time for God. And I, I think it's important for us to take on a posture of humility. And one of the ways we can do that is by kneeling before Him. You know, perhaps you literally need to kneel before God. And, and if you can't do that, then I encourage you to bow your head and close your eyes. But take on that posture of humility before you talk to God. Before you come to the throne of God. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. So firstly, kneel. Secondly, ask. Ask God to bless you with the blessings that we've described about today. Ask Him to give you more of Himself. Ask God to help you to understand the greatness of Jesus more. You know, ask God to fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, to be clear, you, you can ask God for anything. However, don't just ask for things like like, like healing, finances, and happiness. Of course, those things are, are definitely important. But you can also go ask him things for things like his power, his love, and to understand the greatness of his glory. God wants us to be more like that. That's what Paul is teaching us here. That's how we spiritually grow, to seek out the things of God and understand them. So firstly, we're going to kneel. Secondly, we're going to ask. And then thirdly, I want us to reflect. Reflect. I want you to imagine back to the 1950s. For some of you, that's not that hard, I know. But imagine back in the 1950s and you presented someone with an iPhone. Uh, and, and you hand it to them and they might ask you, oh, that, that's a phone. And um, they might say, like, oh, so you can make phone calls with this even though it's not plugged in? 
And then they would laugh and they'd say, you'd say something along the lines like this. Well, you see, you can find out any information and topic that you want by using a thing called the internet. You can navigate to any place in the world by using a thing called GPS. You can also take pictures at any time. You can take as many as you want and you can see them instantly. You can waste lots of time by playing games and reading about other people's lives on social media. You can also catch up on the news from anywhere in the world in a matter of minutes. You see, this phone can do far beyond what you could ever imagine. It probably take that person from the 1950s quite some time to comprehend the greatness of the iPhone. Church, there's so much more for us to drink in and soak in and enjoy when it comes to the greatness of God. There's so much to discover. The length, the width, the height, and the depths of God's love is so wondrously vast. He can do far above and beyond all that we can ask or think. So let's take some time to reflect upon the beauty, the greatness, and the glory of God. And when we do that, when we take time to do that, I promise, it, it stirs something within us when we do that, when we start to grasp that. So come to Him with humble hearts and eagerness to get to know Him more. You see, God is the great one from, all, from whom all families on earth own their very existence. He is worthy of glory of, from all the families here at Crossroads, all the families in Palmerston North and New Zealand and around the world. You see, if you've been changed by Jesus... If you have a relationship with Jesus, ask God for more of Himself. Ask Him to continually to sanctify you and to make you holy and to be more like Him. You know, if you're here this morning and you haven't been changed by Jesus, then I want to invite you to think about these things. Jesus loves you so much, and uh, He sacrificed Himself by dying on the cross so that we could have a relationship with Him. And Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose again the third day, and He was victorious to death, and He conquered sin. And just like last week, the mystery of the salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ is that you are invited to become a follower of Jesus, to enter into that family, to be known as children of God. And to accept Jesus as your Savior is truly the most incredible thing that you can ever do. And there's so many people in this room who would testify to that. Amen? Amen. So let's just um, posture ourselves in humble hearts and just bow our heads. Uh, I just want to invite you, if you aren't a follower of Jesus and you'd like to become a follower of Jesus, I'm going to pray a prayer that you can repeat along with me in your hearts. And it's a simple prayer of asking Jesus to become your Savior. We would love for you to be a part of this church family and, and a part of the community, but more importantly, we'd love you to be part of God's family. Maybe you've been wrestling for this for a while. Maybe you're visiting here today and uh, this is your first time you've ever heard anything like this. But you are so incredibly loved. And there's a spiritual uh, world waiting for you in Jesus Christ. And through his work on the cross. And he wants to invite you to be part of the family. And we could pray something like this. Dear God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your only son. 
that he became a human being and died on the cross to pay the penalty and to clean away the sin that has separated me from you. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead to give me new life. And Lord Jesus, I invite you and ask you to come into my heart. I confess my sin and ask for you to forgive me. I accept you as my Savior and Lord. I want to turn away from my sins and I pray that your Holy Spirit will help me follow your way. I believe that you have come and are living in me right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Church, if you've acknowledged Jesus as your Savior and Lord today, then come and talk to us at the end of the service. There'll be people available to pray with you and journey with you. Um, But accepting Jesus is the best decision you could ever make. He is so faithful. He's incredible. And it's a privilege to be able to serve our God and our King. So as I close, church, I want to turn our attention now to us who are followers of Jesus. I want to pray for us as a church together. And we're going to kneel. We're going to kneel. So join me. Let's kneel together if possible. And if you can't, just bow your head forward in a posture of humility as I pray for us. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family here represented in heaven and earth derives his name. I pray out of his glorious riches that he may strengthen you with the power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high is the deep love of Christ for us. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now let's stand together. Let's look to the heavens. Let's stretch out our arms and surrender to Him. Now to Him, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And we all say together, Amen. Amen. Let's worship our God. Thanks for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you'd like any more information on our church, how to give, or maybe after today's message you'd like to talk to someone, You can find out everything you need to know on our website, which is crossroads.co.nz. Make sure you click subscribe on this podcast so you don't miss out on new content. Thanks for stopping by.